0: All right, we are in Jude, verse number 20. Is where we want to spend our time tonight. Uh, We started talking about it last week, and I said that we would go ahead and pick back up there and do some more study on what is said in the the verse. He says, but you, beloved, and of course we understand the beloved part. He's talking to the Christians, talking to the ones that, that were loved in Christ. But he said, but you, beloved, building yourselves up in the most holy faith, And praying in the Holy Spirit. Now, as we observed at the end of the lesson last week, we we said that those who were the false teachers, those who were uh, trying to destroy, if you will, the church, bring partiality within it and all of the things that we talked about, the the divisiveness that they had, uh, we said that they were trying to tear them down, but they needed to be built up. And so the apostle, or, or the brother rather of our Lord, he said that they were to uh, to do some building, building themselves up. I think we also noticed last time that the Bible talks about the building yourselves up part, uh, the reflexive pronoun that's used there, and observed also that there are some things that only you can do for yourself. Uh, the preacher can't do it, the elders can't do it, your husband or wife can't do it. Nobody can do it for you. You have to be the one who takes responsibility for what is going on, for the actions that, uh, that you are fulfilling. And so you've got that reflexive pronoun, uh, building yourselves up in your or the most holy faith. Now, if we could spend some time or would spend some time tonight talking about the most holy faith... We would note a bunch of verses that have to do with the faith, but we've already done that because if you remember at verse number 3 that Jude says that he was writing for them to contend earnestly for the faith. And so we, at the beginning of this lesson, talked about the faith and uh, the fact that the faith is uh, the the, the gospel, the doctrine, the the things that were taught, uh, that we have recorded for us, in the Bible. And so we could go to Acts chapter 6 at verse number 7, read about the priests who are obedient to the faith. We could go to Galatians chapter 1 at verse 23, where the Bible says that Paul preached the faith. But we also backed up, or could back up, to verses 6 through 9 of Galatians chapter 1, and understand the preaching that Paul did was the preaching of the gospel. And so when he preached the gospel, he was preaching the faith. And so they were to build themselves up in the most holy faith. In the book of Acts chapter 20 at verse 32, we have Paul as he is with the elders of the church at Ephesus, and he talks about uh, commending them to God and to the word of his grace, which was able to build them up and to give them an inheritance among all them that are sanctified. And so... Uh, as we think about uh, how a person is to be built up in the most holy faith, how would you say that is to happen? How, how is it that these people that Jude is writing to could build themselves up in the most holy faith? Uh, did they need a cheerleader? Did they need someone to spur them on, you know, to get them all worked up into a frenzy? How was it that they could build themselves up in the most holy faith, Randall? By studying the Word of God. Now give me a verse for that. Anybody? Everybody? Study. How is faith... Well, study to show yourself proof. But how do we gain faith? Where does faith come from? Hearing, hearing what? The Word of God. Faith comes by hearing. So then faith comes by hearing the Word of God. Where is that found at? Ro- Romans chapter 10, Ten verse... Seventeen, Romans chapter ten, verse seventeen, and so when Jude says for them to build themselves up in the most holy faith, he's not saying, okay, you go out here and you do something that that uh, is going to to exercise your your emotions or something of that nature. He is telling them that they need to know more to to con, uh, uh, to study more uh, and, and to know more, learn more of God's word, and, and so. We do the same. That's the only way that we can build our faith. You remember there was a time when the apostles asked Jesus, Lord, increase our faith. And the only way that that can happen, I've preached lessons even here on it, the only way that can happen is to get into the Word so that we get the source of faith. Now, we could go to Hebrews chapter 2, at uh, verse number 2, or rather chapter 12 at verse number 2. And we could deal with what the Bible says there. In that passage, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2, says this, Looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. The source of our faith is the Word, but where did the Word come from? It came from Jesus who sent the Spirit in order to deliver the entirety of truth through the apostles. And so, Jesus being the the founder, the beginning point, if you will, of our faith, and the perfecter of our faith, the completion of it, uh, we have to look at Him, we look to Him, we learn about Him, we learn what He says, we learn how He lived, and we imitate Him. And the only way that you and I can do that, again, is by going where? Is there some bird that's going to whisper it in our ear? No. What we just got through talking about, going back to the Word. And so, he says, they, these people, were to build themselves up in the most holy faith. Now, one other thing I want you to notice about the... the, The the, the passage or the part that he uses there. What kind of faith is it? The most holy faith, the sacred, pure faith. If you've got the sacred, pure faith, the holy faith, it can't be mixed with or diluted with anything other than the faith, which is, of course, the, the Word of God, the gospel. And so, it's not my thoughts or my feelings or my opinions or anything of that nature, nor is it your thoughts or your opinions or some group's thoughts or opinions. The only way they could be built up is in the most holy faith. That's, that's where they needed to go. Okay. And so, he looks at it and says, you have a responsibility. Number one, you let God say something to you. You, you turn to His Word. You learn uh, what He has to say, building yourself up in the most holy faith. But then I want you to notice a little word that's used here in this passage. It starts with an A and ends with a D and only has one letter in between. And. What is the word and? Well, the word and is, of course, a conjunction, isn't it? It ties two things together. And so they are to build themselves up in the most holy faith. But what is coupled with that? What is tied to it? Praying. They are to learn more of God's Word, if you will, build themselves up in the faith, and something else is tied to it. They are to pray. They are to pray. And so you let God say something to you, but you also say something to Him. You also talk to Him. Uh, if, if they, these folks were talking to God about their situation, what do you think they'd be talking to God about? What kind, of, what kind of prayers would they be uttering? What would they be asking for? If you put yourself in their position, what would you be asking for? I'm sorry? Better understanding? Better understanding, okay. What about the this, this situation that's going on in the church there? Lord, help this, help this situation out. We, we need some help here. You know, we could go through and we could, we could word our prayers. We could think about what they're saying. But, but he says, you need to be praying about it. Same thing is true for each one of us every day. No matter what we're going through, we need to be talking to God. And so he says that, that they are to build themselves up in the faith. And they also, that reflexive pronoun, okay, the idea there themselves uh, applies to the prayer as well since they have the conjunction, since we have the conjunction that ties to do the two together. And so they themselves were to be praying, each one. It wasn't something that, that just uh, uh, the preacher was to do or the elders or, or, or some designated member. They were all to do it for themselves. Okay? And so they had a responsibility. But let's get on to the point that's mentioned here. When they're praying, you may notice that there's a specific thing that Jude writes in regard to the prayers. How was it that they were to pray? They're to build themselves up in the faith and praying in the Holy Spirit. What does that mean? What does it mean to pray in the Spirit. I want you to realize that this is not the only time this phrase is used in the New Testament. It's used one other time by the Apostle Paul, and so it seems that Paul and, and, and Jude agree in regard to praying uh, 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 in the Spirit uh, that that's something that they were to do. Look at Ephesians chapter 6, and let's look at verses 17 and 18. Ephesians chapter 6, verses 17 and 18. Somebody, whoever gets there again, read that passage for us. Ephesians 6, verses 17 and 18. Okay, Do you know, did, did you know what Paul said about praying? Pray with prayers and supplications, but how was it to be done? In the, In the Spirit, okay? Now, I had us to read verse 17 for a purpose. Uh, if you notice, verse 17 talks about the uh, the, the sword of the Spirit, the helmet of the salvation, the sword of the Spirit. That's the tail end of what we know as the, what? Christian armor, the armor armor of God. And so notice the proximity if you will, of what Paul writes in regard to praying in the Spirit, and the proximity of something that's said by Jude in regard to praying in the Spirit. Is there something in both places that ties the two passages together? They are to take the Sword of the Spirit. These people that Jude is writing to, what are they to do? They are to build themselves up in the most holy faith. And so that points us back to what we've been talking about since the beginning of our lesson. It ties the Word and so forth back together. But again, when we look at what is said in the book of Ephesians chapter 6 at verse 18, and and, and the phrase about praying in the Spirit, what does... That mean? What does it mean to pray in the Spirit? Well, there are at least three possible views. Like one would be prayed according to the Word. Okay. The word okay. Well, let's back up. Let's 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 back up a little bit, even before that one, and we'll we'll come back. What is said in the book of John, chapter four, verse twenty-four? God is Spirit, and they that worship Him, how do we worship? In Spirit and in truth. What does it mean to worship in Spirit? Well, in that place, it seems that uh, most everyone uh, agrees that worshiping in Spirit is the idea, the concept of working, or worshiping rather, with the proper attitude you got the attitude, you have the authority, worshipping in truth. And so that's one way of taking the phrase of, of praying in the Spirit. A second way of taking it could be in regard to the age of miracles, could it not? Are there examples in the New Testament where there were those who prayed in a miraculous way? By the help of the Spirit? Well, sure. If you go back to the book of Acts, chapter 4, verses 24 through 30, you have an example of a prayer from the apostles, those who were with them as they prayed, and they prophesied during their prayer. They, 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 they did, uh, uh, did it through the work of, of God's Spirit. And so it was possible in the first century for them to pray with the help of, in a miraculous way, the help of the Spirit. But then there's a third way that Brother Eddie uh, began telling us about. If you want to continue on now, I'll let you go on. The it right. And, and where, where does that come from? Well, James tells several things. Okay. We'll, we'll go to James chapter 5 verse 16 in a minute if you want to. But let's back up and let's go to 1 John. And this will, I think, will make the point that you're. Yeah, we're going there in a minute. We're going there, but let's go to First John chapter five, verse fourteen. First John chapter five, verse fourteen. Tommy, you got it. Okay. How do we pray? How do we ask? In accordance with His will. When we, when we pray in accordance with His will, that's when the Bible says that, that God hears us. Now, go back to the, uh, to the book of James. Uh, Brother Eddie mentioned the book of James. We'll go there. Look at James chapter 5 at verse 16. Verse 16. We'll begin to illustrate what we mean by praying according to His will. Okay, James 5, verse 16, got it? Confess trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed of the effective prayer, for prayer the man, Okay, the uh, English standard, the prayer of a righteous person has great power as it's working. Okay, And so when you go to James chapter 5, at verse 16, you, you know that... Uh, uh, there's some things that are tied together with prayer, uh, confessing our sins and praying for one another. Okay? And so uh, one of the things that we would do in, in regard to praying according to the will of God would be to pray for one another, would it, wouldn't it? To pray for one another. Watches, ask in faith. Ask in faith. Uh, and if you don't have, if your faith is wavering, then uh, then then your prayer basically is not going to be, not going to be answered. But but think about what's happening here. Did were there others who needed the prayers? They're to build themselves up, and they are also themselves to pray. But they were to do that in the spirit. How 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 was it that they... I mean, were there other folks who needed their prayers? Well, sure. If they're struggling, did they need their prayers? Absolutely. If they are sinning, did they need their prayers? Well, yeah, in a sense, they did, didn't they? But... Let's go back to 1 John chapter 5 and drop on down a couple of verses from where we were a minute ago and look at verse number 16. 1 John chapter 5, verse 16. Confess your faults one to another. uh, First John. You're in James. Had to write chapter and verse. 1 John chapter 5, verse 16. If anyone sees his brother sinning as sin, which does not lead to death, he will ask. And he will give him life for those who commit sin, not leading to death. There is sin leading to death. I do not say that he should pray about that. Uh Uh-oh. Got a problem there, don't we? If we're going to pray in accordance with God's Word, even praying for others, is that not what John is writing about in verse 16, praying for other folks? If we're going to pray by God's will for other folks, does God not set some limits on that? Well, sure He does. Now, I don't want to get on a long discussion of uh, of the prayer uh, of the sin leading to death and so forth. I think the answer to that is found within the book of First John. And when we were studying First John, we looked at that. Uh, God said He would forgive any sin that they would confess, back in John First John chapter one verses nine and ten. Okay. But 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 here seems to be some guys that have some things in their life that they want, and so what do we not pray for? We certainly don't pray for God to forgive them, and or we don't pray for God to bless them in their sin, do we? That is not in harmony with the Word of God. You think these folks needed that? Think they needed to hear? Uh, they they needed to understand that? They be some? They were probably these guys were probably some very likable people. And they had infiltrated the church. They were winning folks over to themselves. That's why I say they're probably pretty, li- uh, pretty likable. And so you don't just excuse that and ask God to let things go on. I think when we apply the situation here, apply what Paul, uh, Jude says to the situation, and we look at that third answer, or third possibility of praying in the Spirit, I think we come to begin to understand a little bit about what he's having reference to. But let's go to the book of Romans, chapter 8, verses 26 and 27. Romans chapter 8, verses 26 and 27. not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now he who searches the hearts knows what the mind or the Spirit is, because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Okay, What what does this tell us in regard to praying in the Spirit? Anything? Anybody? Uh huh. And he said sometimes how ask God. Yeah. There's some things that, that we we have a hard time expressing to God. if you think the church is being torn apart, there's no doubt but that it was. Did we not study just this past week about how these men were causing divisions? Back up there, verse one, one, one verse prior to what we're in right now. The church is being torn apart. And if you've got people who love the church and who love God, and, and you see all of this going on around you, I'm going to tell you something. When there's church trouble Sometimes you just don't know what to say. You don't know how to pray. And I'm thankful that the Lord made it clear that we have some help from the, from the Spirit in those cases, in, in that way. And so, in a non-miraculous way, in comparison to what I said a while ago about Acts chapter 4, verses 24 through 30, in a non-miraculous way, the Spirit, as uh, it's put here in the book of Romans, as Paul puts it, intercedes on our behalf. When there are times when we, when we simply cannot utter the things that need to be uttered in the presence of God. Now, it's interesting if you break down Romans chapter 8, verses 26 and 27. Uh, the Spirit uh, and he who searches hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is. Uh, is because the Spirit intercedes for the saints. You could go back to 1 Corinthians chapter uh, 2, is it not, where uh, we have the mind of the Spirit that's been revealed to us through the Word and so forth. But again, we have God understanding because we have God knowing through the Spirit what we need, what we're going through, what, what is happening uh, in our lives. And so To pray in the Spirit, um, in my opinion, is not just to pray with the right attitude in this place. It's certainly not to pray in a miraculous way, is it? Not to pray in a miraculous way, because miracles have ceased, have they not? And I think the only logical one would be that we pray in accordance with the will of God. Now, whether you whether you take the indwelling of the Spirit to be through the Word alone or a a literal personal indwelling in a non-miraculous way, whether you take it in those ways, you still have to ask in accordance with God's will. No doubt about it. And and however it is that the the Spirit uh, utters these things for us, whether personal indwelling or whether um, uh, He indwells us through the Word, uh, uh, the Bible assures us that He will, that He does. And so, uh, it, but it, at the same time, it's not like the denominational commentators, you'll read some of them, that, oh, the Spirit entered your heart and He came into your life and, and, and He made you say things that you that you just wouldn't, wouldn't normally be able to say. There's nothing about praying in the Holy Spirit that has to do with that kind of stuff. Not when compared with the rest of the New Testament, what, it, what the rest of the New Testament has to say in regard to that. A lot of times we have people talking about, the Spirit moved me. The Spirit moved me. Well, the Spirit's not going to move you to do something that's not in harmony with the will of God, is He? And so that points us back to where we were on number three just a little while ago. even Even if He indwelled us in a miraculous way, He's not going to contradict Himself because He's incapable of doing that. And so as we look at it, He's giving them some really good instructions here. These folks... They, they probably needed some help. If they're watching, let me, let me come back to this one more time. If they're watching their brothers and sisters in Christ being taken away from God and they love God, these, these brothers and sisters are, are, continue to love God, but yet they see others who are being deceived and, and drawn away from God, I don't know about y'all, but that, that would make me angry. Would would it make you angry to see those kinds of things? I'd probably need some instructions on how to pray, because I might not pray for them to be forgiven. I might be praying for something more drastic to take place. They needed some help. They needed help. They needed to know what God said about the matter, and they needed God's help in the matter. Okay? All right, comments, questions? Questions? Regardless, we know that it was something that each one was to do for himself. That's based on the reflexive pronoun. Now, having said that, look at verse 21. Verse 21. Keep yourselves in the love of God. Guess what we've got at the beginning of verse 21? We've got another reflexive pronoun. Whatever it is that they're to do in verse 21... Who's to do that for them? Whose responsibility is it? Keep yourselves in the love of God. Okay? So it's their responsibility to keep themselves in the love of God. The word keep means to guard by keeping your eye upon. To guard by keeping your eye upon. In 1 John chapter 5 verse 18, we've looked at... uh, couple of passages in 1st John chapter 5 but in 1st John chapter 5 at verse 18 John writes and says we know that everyone who has been born of God does not keep on sinning but he who was born of God protects himself protects him uh, and 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 the evil one does not touch him Uh, the one who is born of God protects him Uh, who, who protects who well, he's protecting himself, same word that's used here. Uh, how, does, how, in First John chapter 5, verse 18, is, is the person protecting himself? What's the first part of that verse say? He doesn't keep on sinning. He controls himself and turns away from sin. And so, the point is this, whatever it is we're to do, it's something that is our responsibility to do. Okay. But we're to keep ourselves in the love of God. How does one keep himself in the love of God? Did you know Jesus addressed that when he was on earth? He addressed that very matter. He didn't use the exact same word, but he he used a very similar phrase. Go to first rather John chapter fifteen, verses nine and ten. First John or not first John, John chapter fifteen, verses nine and ten. Even as your Father has loved me, I also have loved you. Remain in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will remain in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments. His love. What did Jesus say? Verse number nine. Translated Remain, where? Remain in my love. English Standard, abide in my love. Uh, Where did Jude write that they were to keep themselves? In the love of God. Okay? Jesus addressed the same topic. Okay? But he also told us how to do it. How do we do it? That's verse number 10. What did he say? If you do what? Keep my commandments, commandments, where are you going to stay? If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will keep yourselves in the love of God. Sometimes when we look at these passages... We need to remember other other passages that that are relevant to that. Uh, In Romans chapter 8, verses 38 and 39, Paul wrote and said, For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord." You know, there are many folks who go to that passage and they say, well, there, nothing can separate us from the love of God. There's a long list that's there. There's nothing that can separate us from the love of God except ourselves. When we cease to obey Him, we move out of His love pretty powerful isn't it and so keep yourselves in the love of god They're, they they build themselves up in the holy faith they pray to god and what else do they do they keep on doing right they keep on doing what god says to do all right our time is up tonight so we'll we'll stop there pick up again uh, next week